grace and peace to you, church. Uh, we're excited to have a conversation today about, um, in response to John Mark's sermon on Sunday that talked about some big old topics, um, <laughs> uh, ideology, <laughs> idolatry of ideology, uh, orthodoxy, and the practice of regularly reading scripture. Um, I have some wonderful uh, conversation partners here in the room with me. Uh, we have Jessica Graseski. Yes, hello. Hello, hello. And we have Dale Gustafson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. It's me again. Uh, and I'm Matt Barrios, and we're going to sing you some Adele. So buckle on in. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. So um, that's not going to happen. Instead, we're going to have a nice pastoral it, it conversation. Might. It might. Yeah, never say never. You're right. Um, well, uh, yeah, so first question. Um, uh, it was cool to have John Mark visiting mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. as a, a teacher from Bridgetown. And I'm uh, just so thankful when he comes and blesses our church. He's a really gifted teacher and um, kind of has his finger on the pulse of what's going on culturally and pastorally. Um, so for either of you, you know, what were some of the pieces of the sermon that stood out to you, stuck with you, found resonance? What would you say? Yeah, there, there, there was a lot. Yeah, it was a big, hefty... Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't... Yeah, but it was like, is you're engaging in so many things along the way, mm-hmm. and and he used some really big words, so that was like mentally stimulating <laughs> for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I got to write that word down and look it up later. So yeah. that was yeah. really good. No, but I, I really loved how he... Uh, yeah, my initial thought was, man, he painted a picture across the board. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't just like here's what I want to say, but here is what's happening. And Mm -hmm. it seemed to be really, really cool um, exegesis of the culture as Mm -hmm. well as connecting with scripture. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, and and, in messages like that, I'm often thinking like my own reaction to it and then thinking across the board, I wonder how people are hearing this. Yeah. I mean, that's wondering, not, not like, not like predicting, just wondering. And I'm like, huh, how, how are people doing with this? Because his, his goal isn't to uh, take apart people. It's just to say, here's a picture. Here's, a, here's something across the board. Yeah. Where are we at? So. Yeah. And I think that that impulse to wonder how is this affecting people is the yep. pastoral yes. prerogative. You know, that's what we care about our church so Absolutely. deeply. And we're curious about how, uh, how a sermon lands with people because we always want it to land as... Um, a call into deeper life with God. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and sometimes that includes that involves some, uh, a voice of grace and good news mixed with some challenge mixed with some thought provoking stuff mixed with some, maybe we just need to change the way we live, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. things. And, uh, yeah, Jess, you're yeah. laughing there. What, no, what, yeah, what are you thinking? I'm just laughing at my reactions to listening to what he was saying. And I, I found it interesting mm-hmm. that he didn't actually mention, scripture like what it's used for until kind of the end because Mm -hmm. it was intentional that way i think he painted this compelling vision for how and why and what it's used for as well as like who the person of jesus is and how we can see how we engage as christians and culture throughout everyday life and not to make it seem like I, i think of the ways that i've heard other people teach scripture and they've always just like want to pound the hammer of scripture into your head from the moment that you are hearing it. And I'm just like, no, he painted this amazing picture of what it could be like. Life could be like when we use this, 
this like yeah. body of work. Yeah. So I completely yeah. yeah, no, he, he set it up with the intention with the clear intentionality <laughs> that when he there was that turning point for me when he's like, We trust the Bible because of Jesus. We don't yeah. trust Jesus because of the Bible. Mm. Like that became yeah. his like mm. all of these things that it all flows out of Jesus, who he is. Yeah. yeah. And we look to that as the power, yeah. not just because you can do something like that and say, well, scripture says, and scripture says, yeah. but a lot of times people are like, well, I don't really care what scripture says. Yeah. What do you, you know, like, well, yeah. they don't know. And they so the, yeah. his authority was coming from who Jesus is. And that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And early on, kind of like the first movement of the sermon was mm-hmm. uh, basically looking at uh, political ideology and how it's mm-hmm. playing out in our world. And um, especially in the United States, the culture war that we're, we're in, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, the left right thing, you know, and how tempting it is for us to just make that our, our reality, mm-hmm. you know, to get caught up in the ideological current that we find ourselves in. And then for that to then, uh, inform how we live and even him giving the picture of the cowboy on the airplane or the Antifa guy, yeah. like, you know, decked out in black, uh, so that it's how, it informs how we dress, how we carry ourselves, the decisions we're making in our practical lives. And it's uh, like an ideology has possessed us, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe some inflammatory uh, terminology there, possessed, <laughs> but but it, it is something like that. Um, and uh, of course, that's one of the things that I get very, very nerdy about, um, you know, just see mine and Dave's long, long, long conversations in this <laughs> on this podcast about, uh, you know, critical theory and capitalism yeah. and yeah. all of that. Um, but the, it raises just the, the, I think, important question at the moment where if we're in this ideological cross current, which I think we are in like the left, right culture war of things, what does faithfulness to Jesus look like? Mm-hmm. And uh, what is what's not the ideology that uh, a right wing populist, you know, politics would set up, nor what, uh, you know, the left wing uh, mm-hmm. would set up in the United States. But instead, what is, you know, to the best of our ability to discern what Jesus would have us live our lives like. And I've found that, uh, you know, that tension of like kind of left, right political ideology. It's like a straight jacket. It's like taking in <laughs> one arm and the other. And mm-hmm. it's easy to get stuck in the tension of that. And I see the message, the good news of Jesus Christ is the liberation mm. from both of those, um, both of those like constricting, constraining narratives that want to uh, idolize a small thing and make it the main thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that was a piece that really stood out to mm-hmm. me in that. And um, you know, any other pieces from the sermon that stood out to you or uh, even also thinking about uh, how um, how you would imagine this landing on the ears of our church as well? Mm. I think one of the first things that I remember, and even as you shared that story about the political polarization, I think of when he talked about contempt and how contempt is like a millennials kind of response to things. <laughs> yeah. And even that is actually an ideology for us to refuse to engage the way that Jesus would engage. So somehow we've convinced contempt for the other or othering of some sort, if it's political, if it's like racial, whatever, that still is not the way of Jesus. And so for me, that was really convicting to think of, do I other people in other ways that I justify 
that I'm just in this like vortex of people that believe the same thing. So it was very convicting to be able to reflect and be like, do I do that? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to ask myself all the time, do I do that on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. Um, Because of, I have the same people that believe the same thing with me kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a big challenge uh, to think through that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think it was early on in his message, but there's a, there was a part where he was like, um, you know, people, the the surveys are saying that uh, people are less religious than ever. Mm-hmm. But then he's all of a sudden, you know, we, we do this thing like we don't talk about politics or religion. But he was saying mm-hmm. politics have become religion. Yeah. And the reality is if you take mm-hmm. a system of beliefs and that you gather with people who think the same way you do yeah. to reinforce that, mm-hmm. we actually are more religious than we ever have been, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and because we so c- clearly disconnect that religion to just church mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. right. But, you know, the statement he was making is we have our isolated spots, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and the concern that we need to have, you know, there's definite feelings towards one way and they, you know, like, well, if those right wing people are stop doing this, we're better, mm-hmm. but the danger is still like, okay, if you're on this side, you can also create that dissidence. Right. And so, yeah, yeah I think there, there's something, um, really profound about that. And so when I was wondering like how that landed, I was guessing that was a tough one because we (laughs) so easily go, yeah, they, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and then, but what happens, and this is one of my pet peeves is when people give you two options, it's like, (laughs) are you this or this? And I'm like, I don't like the, either one of those options, right? And that's what, and that's what Jesus continually does. It's like, no, no, there's another option. There's a greater option, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You Mm -hmm. know, and like it's like when people say, are you for justice? Yes. Are you for, you know, and then they Mm -hmm. split it in half. It's either, well, what side of it? Right. All of it, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so I think that was, I'm guessing that was a, when you ask you the question, like, I wonder how this landed. <laughs> yeah. That was a piece I'm like, wow. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Because yeah. we get lost in it. And I think we become convinced that that we're fathers of Jesus. So therefore, what I what I agree with is the right Ooh. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's jogging my memory of one, one line that really struck me in the sermon. Um was when John Mark was talking about obedience yes. to Jesus mm-hmm. and how the intriguing and unique thing about obedience is that like, you know, you're obedient actually when you're doing the thing that you wouldn't want to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's like almost a surefire way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, like, Oh, I feel like Jesus is telling me this is yes. how I'm supposed to live yeah. and I don't want to do it one mm-hmm. bit, but you know what? I am going to be obedient to yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. which is very biblical. Jesus says like, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and this, and, and it also sets up even in that scripture I just quoted, like, um, that is, that's a sequencing of it. Mm-hmm. If you love me, then you'll keep my commands. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And really the first and primary thing always needs to be setting up love, yeah. love with Jesus, like the mm-hmm. giving and receiving of love with Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that brings back to what you were mentioning, Dale, uh, earlier, which is um, instead of thinking of the Bible as like the proof text for how to live the good life yes. or whatever, mm-hmm. it is, it's the library of scripture that the person we love, Jesus Christ, centered his life around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. 
which is just a a, a nice little juke, I think, like a nice little like turnaround of like, yeah, it's it's not to proof text and you know, mm. um, can create some convincing arguments for this is why we need to think this or that. It's uh, as much as there might be some arguing from the text of scripture for things that matter, right? Like, uh, especially among other believers, but there is fundamentally the the foundation of it is we love Jesus and therefore we will be taking in this text to inform how we live and follow Jesus mm-hmm. and show love back to him and mm-hmm. obey him. So um, that was one of, you know, a couple of those pieces that I think yeah. were, were pretty powerful. Yeah. From that. Yeah. That part where he's like, obedience <laughs> isn't just doing the things we already agree with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like obedience really is when you disagree, but you still do it because it, it's Jesus that's saying it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the piece that, yeah. Can I just say also that like, that thing is the thing that trips every human being up. Oh. Yes, all like the time. <laughs> every like that trips me up all the yeah. time. Oh, like yeah, like yeah. Um, you know the the inner uh, youngest child in me in particular is just like <laughs> like you're not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. How how dare you like try to boss me around? Like you know I've got that rebellious inclination, mm-hmm. and it's a you know I'm not unique in this as the youngest child. Um, but uh, but it is like in us, inbred in us, that like the authority of um, Jesus, in particular when there's something that Jesus is asking for us in life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we we wouldn't naturally say yes to, right? Uh, that's a, a prime time to just be like, well, maybe this thing's all a hoax anyways, or maybe that's not actually Jesus. Maybe Jesus is actually more like this picture of God that we end up making for ourselves. We 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 craft uh, an idol of God in our own image. We call it Yahweh. We start worshiping <laughs> it, you know, and uh, which was another interesting point in in his sermon. So, um, yeah, I, I think there is just that human impulse to be rebellious, and uh, and I don't know what more to say about that. But if if anybody listening to this is just like, yeah, I can relate to this. Well, you know, welcome to the human race. Yes, well, yes. being a human being. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I think another part that struck out to me that you guys were tra- talking about with obedience is I think a lot of times when I have conversations about it, it's based on people's feelings in the, either in the moment mm-hmm. or feelings that they feel are true and try to equate that to God's truth. And I think that's just the compelling vision, I think, for scripture is like, yes, you're knowing that's what Jesus used, but I'm also like, I get to know who the person of Jesus is. Yes. Yeah. And I'm able to see how he interacted, how Jesus also had emotions as well. He wasn't just this like authority and power. And I think when, yeah, when I think of the times that I'm called to be obedient, yeah, Matt, my first reaction is like, no, yeah. like, Sure. No way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't know me like whatever. And it's just everything <laughs> in me. And that, and that's for me actually to recognize when those moments come or actually it's kind of this fun marker to know like, Oh, I, I think God knows exactly what he's doing because mm-hmm. I can recognize my reaction to mm-hmm. that as a rebellion or even just something I just don't want to do. And so, yeah, if we all like doing every single thing that like it was all about feelings and feeling good, then Sure, obedience wouldn't be hard. 
<laughs> right. Like, right, yeah. right, right, right. Totally, totally. It would be just living. Yeah, <laughs> right? just be living our yeah. life, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, as I was hearing yeah. that, I, I felt like I was in a meeting with Jess. Because <laughs> you report to me, and she often says, you don't know me. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. That's, Here it is, uh, out for everybody that, to listen to. That was to. just like another Dale out of body. Know me. Yeah, Dale. So, <laughs> sorry, Jess. <laughs> So I just wanted to throw that out there. You don't know me. So man. not true. No, well, you know, we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> no, and I, and I think that's such the key, right? Like, man, it's who Jesus is, right? And I think that becomes, because there's been a lot of writings around, like, um, you know, people love Jesus, they just don't like his followers, right? Or yeah, they just don't sure. like the church yeah. or they don't, whatever, yeah. right? And there's this book by a guy named Carl Madaris who his whole thing is like, it's called The Speaking of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that it's not about this side or that side, it's just about Jesus. And how often he's just like, no, let's just talk about, start with Jesus and go from there. Mm-hmm. So if someone has this disagreement about yeah. something theologically or even some, even like how the world began, but it's like, well, let's not start there. Let's start with who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot within this culture too. Mm-hmm. Like who is Jesus? And don't forget that. And, yeah. and the more we can focus on who he is, what he did, what he accomplished, then it, puts things in perspective yeah. you know it's not just another thing to consider but it's the thing and then either he has the authority and victory huh. and if he does what then right huh. mm-hmm. yeah and if he does have that then that's the response so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that's where i get a lot of times too it's like you know, I'm the youngest of six kids, so I was resonating with Matt there. <laughs> you know, I, I think my approach was like, huh, I'll take that in consideration. I remember I used to say it to my siblings, but the one time I said it to my mom, it didn't go over as well. <laughs> Thanks, mom. I'll take that into consideration. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I was seven at the time, so. What? But and no, also I, knowing you, Dale, like now, yeah. I'm so not surprised you said yeah. that as no, a seven-year-old. Oh, to no, your mom. no, no, no. We're, we're, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, my siblings just beat the tar out of me, but you know, what can my mom do? Well, anyways, but I think that's the thing. It's like, um, yeah, I think when we lose sight of who Jesus is, that's when everything becomes flat and it just becomes, oh, I'll consider that. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But it's like, wait, this is coming from him. Yeah. And who is he? And I think that's a big piece of that. And yeah. that's why yeah. it becomes relative, you know, mm-hmm. so... So the, this gets into kind of like the, the next maybe, you know, I don't know, movement of the sermon, which was about orthodoxy, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a, a consistent um, belief, mm-hmm. you know, set of beliefs that are uh, within Christianity and um, that all hangs on the person of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he is the source of what is right belief uh, yeah, in Christianity. Like Christian literally means like, a little Christ. Um, and so like in order to be a good, accurate, truthful, <laughs> literal, little Jesus, right. Mm-hmm. You have to like know who Jesus is and mm-hmm. what he was about and what mm-hmm. he thought and mm-hmm. how he lived his life. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what, what are your two thoughts on just kind of like orthodoxy? You know, I feel like that's mm-hmm. one of those words that well, we don't use that often. Um, but you know, thinking about Orthodox Christian faith in this moment, in our congregation, what comes mm-hmm. to mind? I mean, I think of the cultural aspects when I hear the word orthodoxy. Even for me, when I first became a Christian, I was like, this is like serious. And to me, it like evoked these feelings of like not feeling, 
not personable, not relational, Mm. not at all applicable to my own life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think sometimes that's still there. You know, I've been following God for quite some time. I mean, and it's still there sometimes when I hear that term and I think of it's because I actually didn't realize what you were saying, Dale, the person of Jesus Mm -hmm. until later in my walk with faith. And it wasn't until I actually started using scripture and looking at it from that lens that this is about somebody who loves me and who Mm -hmm. wants the best for me. And it's an actual person. Mm -hmm. And these are yes, stories and other things that are more in depth, but I had to first look at it for the first chance to say like, this is actually about a person. This is relational to Mm -hmm. me. It isn't about rules or way to debate or what to use scripture as like all the things not to do with the use of scripture that isn't the full picture of what it's intended for. So that word does evoke some weird kind of things I have often have to unpack. Um, but when I, when I look at it in the terms of who I know Jesus to be, how I've seen him work in my life and others, then I'm like, Oh no, that's, why wouldn't I have my life with God without this, like without the use of scripture? Yeah. It's kind of like melded its way into being part of part of my life. So they don't exist separately. Um, right. And it's not just some term I can kind of throw out and be like, I don't like that term. I'm going to do something <laughs> else with it. Like I'll call it something else. But, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're speaking just to uh, one way that um, some of the negative connotations mm. around mm-hmm. orthodox. Uh, kind of like being an orthodox believer um, is uh, I I think many of us, if we've been around the church for a while, we've, we've experienced people who are, uh, who are so deeply invested to right, invested in right belief, right doctrine, Mm -hmm. which is what orthodox literally means, like kind of upright doctrine um, to the expense of being like a, a decent, you know, brother or sister or, um, you know, for there to be good relational connection and free flow of Christian love, um, that's happening within that exchange. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. There's going to be some, sometimes where we're going to intellectually spar things out and I love that stuff. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, but if it's has its foundation missing, which is a relationship with a God who loves us, mm-hmm. um, and also just like the humility of like, gosh, how crazy that we were, we were chosen by him, mm-hmm. you know, that he, he is loving us. Like, um, if, if we miss the relational component, then orthodox can take on, uh, orthodoxy can take on a, a terminology that feels much more like in the realm of, mm-hmm. you know, high school speech and debate class yes. Yes. than it can, yeah. uh, like a vibrant life with Jesus yeah. in community. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I, I mean, I think you're, you're really onto something there mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I think a big piece of, I knew as a young man, what turned me from just growing up in church and, and like learning the rules to have mm-hmm. a good reputation with people mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. was really understood. You know, I think I was late in high school when I was reading something and it became clear, wait, this actually happened. Yeah. There was a man, mm-hmm. there was this guy and he actually died and he actually rose again. Yeah. And this is how we know this to be true. And I, and, and yeah. during struggles with orthodoxy or being challenged by people thinking it's just rules. I'm like, no, my, my life is a response to an actual event. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. the event, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have relationship with that person in that event, mm-hmm. you know, so that to me 
and even when I've gone through, when I hit something, you know, if I go through like a serious trial and I'm like, God, this ain't right. And mm -hmm. there's this comfort within him is like, well, this, does this change anything mm -hmm. from the event? No, that has still happened. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're still okay. And now I know you, I'm with you mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to empathize and hurt, you know, hurt with mm -hmm. you, but it's still like, no, there's, so, there's a truth that lingers there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not yeah. just this. So that's, that's where orthodoxy becomes beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, it's, it's not just an act of human will, mm -hmm. but it's a response to something that actually happened and now is in us and fills mm -hmm. us and changes us. So that's, that is, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, I, I can connect to that in the sense of, um, when, when kind of like Orthodox Christian faith took on importance to me, it was a similar sort of like realizing a historical event mm -hmm. took place. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a, a real person named Jesus walked this earth, died and rose from the dead. You know, like mm -hmm. um, his followers were like all about it. And who wouldn't be if you heard somebody rose from the dead, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, and and then like the the church bloomed out from that event mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um and jesus taught a particular way of life and so on and so forth but like i i think part of what made orthodoxy like a valuable piece of faith or, you know foundation to faith was uh studying like our rich christian tradition of thinkers and writers mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. uh saints and you know like all these folks who are our brothers and sisters who have passed away mm -hmm. um and, you know, like the, they are the ones who preserved the church from 100 AD to, you know, 2021. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I am part of that lineage. Mm -hmm. That's my mm -hmm. family line, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a really powerful, like, uh, and beautiful way for us to position ourselves mm -hmm. within our faith is, uh, not as people who, like, you know, we discovered Christianity in 2021, you know, but, in, oh, and like, dear. we're inventing it yeah. right now. Right. No, like yeah. we, we are, uh, we are the stewards yeah. of, mm -hmm. of a message that was, that went before us and that yeah. some yeah. people died for mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, plenty of people lived for, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and some people went wonky with it and, you know, we got to own that strange part <laughs> of the family tree too. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, killed for it, which yeah. is uh, an ugly part of our, our Christian history. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and at the same time, like, uh, God has been, been faithful to like, make sure that the good news is known to me now, uh, like 33 year old half Mexican guy in San Francisco, mm -hmm. California in 2021. And that's, that's like literally crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> when I think yeah. like there's, there's a line of people that goes back in time to, um, you know, to one of these apostles that Jesus called and did Christ himself. Yeah. Um, and when we think about it that way, that's our family tree. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that also makes orthodoxy that much more rich of a thing, I believe, because these are the, these are the beliefs that we've had, yep. mm -hmm. um, since back then, uh, in the person of Christ and, uh, you know, his, uh, him being fully God and fully man mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the authority of scripture, 
to speak to what is true and what is false. I, I mean, all of these things that comprise what Orthodox belief is in the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed and all these mm -hmm. kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And um, and so with that, like, I, if anybody is like curious, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, read some Wikipedia articles about Christian tradition. It is rich and beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. just get curious about like saints of the church and just mm -hmm. learn about them because um, it's in inspiring what people have done for their faith in Jesus mm -hmm. and how they lived it out. And that's the tradition that we belong to. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Any, uh, any other thoughts about kind of fourth? Yeah. I just was, yeah, I just was, as you were sharing that man, and it was at Hebrews 12, Hebrews 11, they're listing all these amazing acts of faith, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. At the very mm -hmm. beginning, it's like, since we have such a great crowd of witnesses, yeah. let us therefore fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith and run with endurance. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. it's like the, there is a, and, th and that was written 2000 years ago. Right. right so, right, right. so yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> and how many have gone since then? Right. Yeah. But it's just like, here's all these amazing acts of faith and it's not lost on the writer nor the reader to go. Therefore what become like them? No, it says fix your eyes on Jesus. Yes. And, and then he does that work and that he is worthy of that of, of that faith, that trust. And that's how it happens. Right. Yeah. And, and brings endurance. Right. Because that word endurance, right. That's the piece. We, the, the enemy wants us to feel in orthodoxy. We are alone, that we're the only one who thinks this and we're outdated now, right? <laughs> you know? So that therefore when you, when you feel alone, you don't have endurance, but it's just like, no, no, here's all the things, all the people, what they did yeah. now fix your eyes and, and, and you're not alone in this. That's yes. the enemy's ploy with that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think there's a richness there, not to be rejected, but to be pursued and understand. Absolutely. So. Mm -hmm. I can, I can relate to that. Like, um, I, I used to uh, do improv here in San Francisco at a theater and, uh, you know, perform regularly and everything. And I was like, I was the only Christian in my improv crew. And, you know, it's, it's just a very different subculture. It's, it wasn't like going to church. You know, let me just, mm -hmm. I'll say it that simply. <laughs> But, um, and you know, folks had different perspectives on life and ways of living and all of mm -hmm. that. And, um, some of it very, very, very different from what increasingly felt to me like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like an alien in this <laughs> world. <laughs> I'm doing this yeah. like ancient thing that feels out of place. And, yeah. and it felt like such a strange thing to, to like be that person in that environment that felt so different, uh, from how I understand the world to be in, in Jesus, yeah. you know? Um, I loved it. I loved just like getting to play with people and connect with people in that, you know? And for the most part, you know, no, nobody was like, Matt, you shouldn't be a Christian. Like nobody <laughs> was treating me like that. And that's not how it was. But there is this weird thing of like, uh, being, being a follower of Jesus who is committed to an ancient path and walking it in the, current moment and feels some of the tension of like, how do I walk this ancient path right, right now? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, it can feel like being a pilgrim in a, in a, in a strange land. Right. right? Yeah. And, and a big part of that is, um, orthodoxy isn't, doesn't describe what you're against. Mm -hmm. It's also what you're for. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's what I often encourage people like following Jesus is what I am for, not mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. you know, 
well, you have to stop doing this. All, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like some of that stuff you think should just be childhood, but it, it lingers with you, right? Yeah. That's the people's perception. And it's like, man, let me tell you what I'm for. Seriously. Yeah. And that's, and that's the beauty. That's where the beauty comes in. And like, man, this is, and versus just like being known, well, I'm against that or you're yeah. wrong. And it's like, no, this is, this is what's right. So. Oh, to that point, uh, I remember one of my improv friends, I, she was just like, almost like cursing like Jesus Christ and then I would responded like love that guy yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's yeah. just like yep, you true. just love him yeah no, seriously oh, I love that guy yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. that's kind of what it needs to be like mm. is remembering who we are for mm. what we're about as followers of Jesus mm-hmm. and we just have where else would we go we have seen and come to know that you're the holy one of God you know like well that's that's who Jesus is and mm-hmm. um and we just get to let that sit with us uh, as a clear mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. about how we live. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I, this, <laughs> I'm just so happy talking about Jesus. I'm I just know. getting so filled up. It's so strange. Uh, then again, I feel like I'm on the right path. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing, Matt. Good you're, a, job, you're, a, you're a pastor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So now let's, let's zero in a lot more on scripture now. Yeah. So like we've been talking about how great Jesus is, the kind of, co- questions around like political ideology and the complexity of that and um being a, a you know a christian pilgrim in the modern world right um scripture yeah uh we've been inviting our church into practice of scripture for mm-hmm. it to be us to be in like daily reading of scripture so um just for you you know like when you think about being in daily reading of scripture you know what are some of the things that you've experienced personally um from engaging that practice or some of the value you would hope that it brings to our church? Yeah, I think the first thing I think of is that scripture is this like living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. Like it is almost to the point where you're like, I rely so much on it, like a good, having a good tea with a friend or something. Uh-huh. Like in yeah. the sense that it is this living thing I'm engaging with. And it is, you know, I used to think of it when I would just be this like performative type of Christian where I'm like, I have to read all this. I need to read this plan and I need to make sure I read the Bible like four times to, to like prove to people that I'm like holy. And I'm like, uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> like yeah, that's yes. not the way of Jesus. No, Jess, we do not want that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you uh, for the affirmation. But yeah, um, my hope is that people engage with it in a way that it is the most life giving source of how they could start their day mm-hmm. or how they can engage with parts of life. And you know, what's funny is I will go back to read some parts of scripture over and over again for years and they are extremely different every time. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something so beautiful about it being this like living dynamic thing that is relational, that grows with me, that matures with me, that I can refer back to that, um, not only reveal stuff about the nature of God, but also the person of Jesus, like who that person is. And there is something for him. Sometimes I literally will just open my Bible and be like, I don't even know, you know, if I'm struggling or something, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing, God. Like, I'm just going to spend time with you. It is a way to connect in that way. And so it's just made it very personable. And so that is, that's my hope that everyone engages with it that way. That is so good. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, uh, like, I know plenty of people who, like, 
they have their show that is just always <laughs> on the background. Yeah. Uh, and they've got like... No comments, Jess. Whenever Jess calls me on Zoom, I have like the show Wicked Tuna yeah. in the background and just, you know, catching Hey, fish. I didn't make this oh comment. I know. I just, I felt Jess looking at me. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, well, I, I just want to say Wicked Tuna is the most dad show oh, you could my possibly gosh. have on in the background. It's so amazing. Like, it's really like, good, though. Like, as soon as I catch a fish, there's like rock and roll music playing. Like, that doesn't happen when I catch a fish. Yeah. It's, that is so funny. One day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So whether it's Wicked Tuna, Tuna. or Friends or, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever office, community, yeah. the office, um, like the way that people just have like yeah. these, these backbeat things mm-hmm. that are just like always there in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like part of the aspiration as a follower of Jesus is for the scripture to take on, to take the place of that, mm-hmm. you know, um, is for that to be the backbeat of like, man, what I, what I aspire to do is just to be immersed in mm. the story of the mm. Bible, you know, the story of God and, and revealed in scripture. Um, so that uh, just as quickly as people can, you know, put off a Michael Scott quote yeah. in, you know, send Michael Scott memes about the office or whatever, yeah. like you, you know, the Bible, mm-hmm. right. And you're just that familiar and it's become something that, is the thing you think about and you laugh to yourself about, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that's what I I hope that like study of scripture can do in our lives is take on that kind of life Mm -hmm. and sculpt our imaginations Mm -hmm. and like be the thing that warms our hearts when we're like having a a, a time of quiet and, um, you know, in a commute or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. whenever we start having commutes again, right? but uh yeah so so uh like i think that's part of what the feeling mm-hmm. of being immersed in scripture on a regular basis is mm-hmm. you know like that's that's what we're shooting for you know um and dale i know you are actually going to be doing a discipleship course mm-hmm. around scripture here mm-hmm. and um almost uh, something like a uh, on-ramp into regular practice of scripture right yeah. would you tell us a little bit about yeah. like what yeah what that course is like yeah sure um, the course is really set up. It, it kind of comes alongside how people normally approach scripture and it's like soundbite theology. Yeah. So that's, I, I actually start the course with that. I'm like, here, here are some common verses okay. you guys know. What do you think they mean? Right. And it's, it's yeah. usually dead silence or they start throwing things out. So one of them is like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And people are like, what does that verse mean? Like, oh, Steph Curry has it on his shoes, right? You know, or like, man, you can overcome anything, right? And then I, and then I go, well, let's read the verses around it to get some context. And it has everything to do with contentment, right? Paul's like, I've learned to live with much. I've learned to live with little. I can do all things. So it's like, I go, it's really about contentment. And then people are like, what, what, you know? So I think it's really the, the, the approach we take is how to approach scripture with, um, understanding and meaning of how it was meant to, to be read, mm-hmm. um, how not to read it. Mm-hmm. What you know, One of the turning points in my own life was like, scripture wasn't written to me, it was written for me. Mm-hmm. I can benefit from it, but it wasn't like, dear Dale, <laughs> you know, and that I read it and I go, this is for 2021. Mm-hmm. But there's a beauty and power of scripture and understanding how to approach it with like, what's happening? What's the context? What, what is, you know, how do you observe what's going on here? Yeah. And I, I, I teach the class to like, don't rush to application. Don't just rush to go. This is what it mm-hmm. means, but like read it, observe it, um, 
pray through it. So yeah, I mean, that's the mm -hmm. approach with it. So we really yeah. take this, like, this is what scripture is. This is what the different books are. This is what the intention is. This is the kind of literature it is, uh -huh. you know, cause some are poetry, some are mm -hmm. prophetic, some are narrative and not just to do, because people will do the same thing. There was a book by Scott McKnight called Blue Parakeet. And he talks about how there's different approaches people take to scripture. Some take it like it's the maestro or like whatever it says I'll do. Like it's just these random phrases. It has nothing to do with what they think it does, but yeah. they're just like these commands, right? Versus no, it's an amazing story. So um, mm -hmm. that's the journey we take. And then in, early on in the process, we read an entire letter in one sitting. Uh -huh. And we get the full context versus just small oh, things. So, like. cool. so it's a lot of context. It's a lot of understanding, and it's a lot of like, um, yeah. What's what? What's prophecy? What's script? What's uh, what's music? What's poetry? What's narrative? And and understand what you're reading and why you're reading. And then it's but the it seems like one of the biggest turning points for people is that like this isn't written to you. They're like wait, mm -hmm. no, 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 it is. And I'm like, well, yeah. it's for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot of fun with that. And then I have them practice each week and then oh, cool. discovery so and this cool. and that. So, um, yeah, awesome. yeah, no, it's been really, really good. And I think people, well, I know that people have come alive and there's been a lot of moments of like, wait, I've never heard that before. Yeah. And it's not that my thoughts are so profound. Mm -hmm. It's just, they haven't been challenged to think past what they've already mm -hmm. heard. Mm -hmm. So right. I think even just reading scripture. So if it's like a letter, Mm -hmm. Consider reading the whole letter in one sitting. I mean, yeah. John Mark mentioned that even, I think, in a sermon. Like, some of it was written to, like, sit and read mm -hmm. at the whole time and yeah. and what it can do for it. So th that's what a lot of that is. That's and cool. And it's understanding, yeah, and giving people some confidence around picking up Scripture and go, okay, how do I approach this and how do that's I approach cool. it well? So, yeah. I like that. And I, I think part of what you're doing is um, kind of even in the shift from, uh, you know, this is this is a letter to me. Right. Um which, you know, often if I'm reading a letter, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, how does this strike me? What matters? You know, mm -hmm. like, okay, this letter from so-and-so, usually from Kaiser because they're constantly sending <laughs> yes. me mail. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or, uh, or, you know, my insurance company it, it, is whatever. It, it doesn't change. As you get older, you get more, Matt, um, just letting you know. Oh all right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, something to look forward to. I'm here, I'm here for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I open this letter. I start reading about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking for what is this? Why does this matter to me? You know, a very me-centric way to, you know, read it because it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. they're for me. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm hearing you say, say Dale, is like, kind of checking that impulse yes right uh maybe maybe it's not reading the bible isn't just directly about me right mm -hmm. um it has some things to teach me that right. matter absolutely but it's actually about me um sitting almost like sitting under a story like mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. like going and sitting on your grandfather's lap and like just tell me about it yep. you know and i want to learn from you mm -hmm. and grow and learn wisdom and mm -hmm. all of that and what, what that largely looks like is being primed for a surprise. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. because there's major limitations I know to like what I think and what, what scripture does is it gives us wise perspective yep. for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that if we're too arrogant to think so arrogant <laughs> as to think that we already have all the wise perspective we need and we've already figured it out. Well then scripture is going to, uh, confirm our biases mm -hmm. over right. and over and over right. again. But right. instead, if we're willing to kind of be open to the wisdom that's there that actually will surprise us, mm -hmm. then that's a good sign. Yeah. And that makes scripture actually so much more exciting to read. Right. Because mm -hmm. I'm not like looking in a mirror anymore. No. Uh, I'm like actually 
taking in a new source yeah. of life, right? Now, one of the great questions to ask yourself isn't, what is this telling me to do? But before this, say, what is this telling me about God? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it puts things in right order. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm, I want to hear more about who God is and how he responds. And then, okay, God, what do you have for me? Of course. Of course, it's, it's meant to be applied, right? That's yeah. the orthopraxy. That's the practice yeah. of those things that we truly believe. But, yeah, I challenge people in this course, don't <laughs> jump there. Mm. You know, yeah. stay with what you, what are you hearing about God and, 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 um, yeah, because that's, that pulls things out of context so fast. Right. Yes. So, and there's more there. I, I just think we're settling for so much less when mm. we just jump to how do I apply it? Mm. You know, it's a, it's like a relationship. What, what can I do to make you happy? That, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> We've all rolled our eyes. Yeah, just yeah, yeah like, seriously. Oh, no. yeah, you know what I mean? No, like if you're in a relationship a and, and, you just, and you just learn the like, yeah. well, this is what my wife likes. So well, I'm bringing, like I can act like a, a buffoon, but if I bring her flowers, she makes her like. But that's kind of what we do with scripture a lot of times. Like, okay, what can I, what, what, what's the, the buzzword? I can just mm. do something to make God happy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Nah. You're not in relationship. You're like in some you're kind a technician. of yeah, a technician, <laughs> yeah. kind of appeasing, yeah. right? Yeah. Versus like, no, I want to sit under this and know who God is and what he, and what He wants for me. And then okay, so mm-hmm. I I think that's the big difference. And and when people get into that, they're like, man, there's way more here than I ever thought. I'm like, hey, yeah. amen, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so good, so good. Well, I've been loving this conversation as yeah. we're wrapping up here. You know, yeah. any any final words for our church? Anybody listening? Um, you know, things that you would want to leave as an encouragement for people. Yeah, I think when I'm listening to you, Dale, describe the class and stuff, I think of people's conversations I've had where people are like, I'm almost scared to read the Bible because I'm scared that God is going to tell me mm-hmm. to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I'm scared of that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, but reframing it of like, let's read it in a sense of let's find out who God is right. and yep. how he's for us mm-hmm. and who Jesus is. And so I think the thing that I probably just love to encourage the church is like, that process takes time to not be discouraged that even there might be things that we wrestle with, but actually there is room for the wrestling. I think John Mark explained beautifully like deconstruction and like what that looks like and how to do that in a very loving and healthy way. And that that process is part of our maturity too. Like, and that is occurring like we choose to enter into that. And so that if we feel discouraged, I'm like mostly talking to people that I feel discouraged that are like probably have stopped reading their Bible. I was like, I hope you feel inspired that there is more to it than feeling discouraged, (laughs) which you're experiencing now in life. There is this other aspect. There's many other aspects to what Jesus is. And he actually explains what to do when we're struggling too. And so, yeah, I just hope that you guys keep continue to engage like with that. Yeah. And not be rushed, too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my hope for our church is that they, we would just be willing not to approach Scripture like, here's what I'm looking for, but just an mm-hmm. openness. If, it, if, if Jesus was molded by Scripture, let, let's let mold, uh, Scripture mold us to, versus mm-hmm. like approaching it to reinforce what I already think, mm-hmm. if, because there's more out there than what we think. Mm-hmm. And it's not to prove us wrong, it's to make us wise, mature, broader people. Mm-hmm. And once you experience something deeper and greater and bigger, you're like, I don't want to go back to that limited yeah. thinking. I want to have a greater understanding. Mm-hmm. 
and there's beauty and, and there's times you might go, wow, I, this is, this is what I've been thinking. The Holy Spirit has been working with me and it's, it's like, oh man, this is amazing. Yeah. This is scripture. You know, yeah. I just, that's my encouragement for people. Like, like resist the temptation to use it, to reinforce your own thoughts, but sit under it just like it, like Jesus did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Well, Thank you, both of you, for yeah. those encouragements for our church to like engage the scripture yeah. relationally to mm-hmm. as a way to know God, a God who loves us, and also like to be willing to sit under its wisdom and mm-hmm. uh, you know expand it yeah, through it. Sure. So, uh, thank you for you two yep. for sitting down and yeah. talking. Yep. Blessings yeah. to you, church. Blessings we hope you. this encouraged you. And um, let's let's read the Bible together and learn to love it together. Uh, so be blessed, everybody. Take care. <laughs>